and welcome to Weed and Grub. Do you like sandwiches? I love a sandwich. Do you like feminism? I love feminism. Do you like reproductive rights? I'm all about those rights. Do you want to wear a t-shirt that says that you like all three of those things and that you support a great nonprofit? Oh, some of the money goes to charity for this sandwich t-shirt as well? <laughs> yeah. Then yes, I do. It's the Mayo For Me has t-shirts now. You could go to my Instagram uh, it, at It's the Mayo For Me and there's a link in my bio to t-shirts. There's one if you're watching our YouTube, you can see the sweet design made by our friend Michael Walker uh, up on the background here. We have my sandwich, my choice. And we also have quit projecting, bitch. <laughs> I love it. And they're so cute. They're only 25 bucks. 25% of all sales is going to the Women's Reproductive Rights Assistance Project, which is hard to say, but a fantastic organization that you can also just call RAP. W-R-R-A-P. Uh, they support uh, abortion access and contraceptives for uh, people who have a hard time getting access to those in all 50 states. So the money is going to a great place. And the sandwiches are cute as hell. And uh, I don't know. I'm just so excited about it. So I just wanted to say up top, please go check it out. Go. Uh, we're only doing pre-orders. So we're only going to make as many as we get orders for. And I'm hoping that we can raise some money for this uh, organization and maybe do a second run if it goes well. Do some more t-shirts. Hit me again with the important information. It's the Mayo for Me is the Instagram and TikTok. The Shopify is just it's the Mayo for Me at Shopify.com, but the link will be in my bio everywhere. And we'll also put it in the show notes here. And the sandwiches are, or the t shirts are 25 bucks a pop. 25% of that is going to wrap.org. Massive. These are cool shirts. I love, I love them. both of them. I'm so excited to wear. I've, I ordered one of each today. I, as a dude, I think I will wear Quit Projecting Bitch instead of my sandwich, my choice. <laughs> Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they are unisex, so dudes and dudettes can both wear them. It's, yeah. And the Quit Projecting Bridge has like a really nice 70s kind of vintage vibe with the ringer. It's a ringer tee. It's got that like yellow around the arms and the neck. I didn't know what a ringer tee was until Michael was like, yeah, we should do that, you know, kind of throwback vibe. I, f I love it. I'm so excited. Would you branch out into the hoodie sweatshirt game eventually if these sell out and this is a nice, healthy run and people support? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, when uh, people said like, my sandwich, my choice. I think it was very early on something that I said in one of the early it was videos. Before any of your things even went viral. Yeah. I think it was actually Tiffany Gabris was like, fucking, I would wear that t-shirt. And I was like, fuck, if we could make t-shirts and raise money for reproductive rights, uh, you know, in the face of everything that's going on in this country, like, I, I, yes, I'd love to make a huge line of t-shirts that people would wear all over the place and hoodies and hats and pins and everything to send some money to those organizations and, you know, get the message out. And, uh, you know, I like, it's cool to see a community of people all wearing a message of any kind, like, oh, I like that band too, or whatever. So if you're wearing this, my sandwich, my choice t-shirt, uh, it just means you support reproductive rights and, and feminism and, and making your own goddamn sandwiches. Heck yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Congratulations, Mary Jane. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for letting me plug it up top here on our weed podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's what else are we doing if not trying to change the world with, um, you know, a hang once a week? So it's a big deal. It's <laughs> yeah. a very big deal. Thank you. Um, also, uh, I have some stand up dates. Go to @laserboohoo on Instagram to check them all out. My June is really full. I think I have a ton of LA dates, including um, on Neil Brennan's show, June thirteenth. 
all new material. I'm Huge. in Denver in the middle of June. I'm shooting something for con- Comedy Dynamics at the beginning of June. And then I'm in Phoenix for a one-off. Um, and then the Comedy Store on June 21st. So wow. if you like my comedy and you want to support, um, come out in Phoenix, come out in Denver, or come out in L.A. A, solst- a solstice show, too. That'll be a good vibe. Yeah. June 21st. Oh, that's a good one to wear. Quit projecting, bitch, on a solstice and like <laughs> get a shot of me in front of the moon. That'll Yo, be fun. Well, right? I love it. I like that. All, all the tie-ins. All um, the and tie-ins. now that we've done our, our individual plugs, we also have a plug that involves both of oh, us. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If you uh, want to go and nominate us for Best Podcast at the MJs, which are the new International Cannabis Awards started by our friends over at Fairchild. They do the best events in cannabis. They're doing a huge black tie cannabis event in Vegas in November. I would love to go. I would love to go as a nominee or a possible winner of uh, Best Cannabis I'm only going if we win. So you have to go to MJ's. (laughs) It's in our show description and vote for us as Best Podcast. Otherwise, I'm not going. I'm not going to wear a black tie. I wouldn't wear a black tie anyway, if I'm going to be honest. You're going to wear a sandwich shirt. I'll wear a sandwich shirt. (laughs) Um, But I'm not going if you all don't nominate. So if you want cool people to be at a stuffy business affair, then uh, you got to get us there. So vote for us. And you know we have a good time in Vegas. So, you know, come throw down with us. If we do win Best Cannabis Podcast, we will take you out on the town. Come out with us. We'll I will smoke give some you legal weed in oh, Nevada. Or weed, whatever, <laughs> whatever works. I'm like. not sure what I'm allowed to say on here. <laughs> we'll have a great time. So roll on through. And uh, at the Google Doc, which we will put in the show notes again, where you can nominate us for Best Cannabis Podcast, there are also a bunch of different categories that you can go in and nominate your favorite brands and your favorite activists and all that kind of stuff. And it's a very cool sort of list of uh, categories that they have going on there. So check that out. Yeah, but also who cares about those other categories? No, we care. We all care. We're supporting each other. All rise together. (laughs) Mike, (laughs) Lord God. Oh, boy. So, yeah, go to the MJs. Um, What else is happening? Oh, well, what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I'm feeling spicy today. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And uh, brightening your day when you're feeling a little crunchy because your shoulder fucking hurts and you're in chronic pain and you can't get it looked at and maybe you're mad about it, but you have friends who help you through it with weed and good times anyway. Fucking period. Nice. What up, Mark? <laughs> did I, did I put it. that into words? Yeah, man. My fucking shoulder and neck are killing me. You're hurting. This and, American uh, healthcare system is fucking you over. I went to the ER on Saturday. It was so bad. And finally, someone looked at it. And when the consensus was um, in, in as so many, so few words was, uh, yeah, you're fucked. Um, and so is our healthcare system. And you are a victim of a shitty healthcare system. So here's some muscle relaxers. And we're going to connect you with someone who can finally get you the help you need. So I had some good phone calls today to finally hopefully see an orthopedist. But even just sitting here trying to like look at you, yeah, um, it's sh- sending like shooting pain up the back of my fucking neck. It's crazy. Yeah. There's only so much weed you can smoke for something like this. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'd love to be a case study for pain relief through cannabis. Would love to be a case study for that. But I'm going to be real. So far, not enough relief. But, yeah. So well, what's up? It can help treat the symptom, but not the cause, right? Like the oh, pain sure. relief is just, you know, cannabis is treating the symptom, but not actually healing your torn, whatever it is that you tore 
all that long time ago that is now radiating into the rest of you. So like, yeah, yeah I'm here to hang out with you and smoke a bunch of weed and like try and take your mind off it. But also that shit needs to be fixed. You know how bad it's gotten? I no, Tell me. I've had to try to jack off with my left hand. Oh my God. Aren't you a lefty though? I am, but I'm, I'm a righty for like hitting a baseball, throwing, catching. I'm a righty for everything except for writing and like cooking and knife work. Oh my God. That is so strange. And so my shoulder hurts so bad that I had to like stop using my right hand to jack off. And so now I use my left hand for mm. it. And if that doesn't get an orthopedist to see me ASAP, I don't know what will. Maybe that's why your shoulder is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you just went too far. Too far. A classic J-O injury. That is crazy. So you're technically, I guess, ambidextrous. Then. It's been my whole life has either been that's a really cool thing or mm. it's a real problematic thing to be ambidextrous. Are yeah. you able to do can you use a knife and or write with your non-dominant, your right hand? Yeah, I chipped, my sh I chipped my elbow playing hockey when I was younger and I was in a cast and a sling and it was my left hand. And so mm -hmm. I learned how to do everything right hand and it took like a day. And you, But you've never learned how to jerk off with your left hand? Or I guess you're learning now. <laughs> At this at this stage of life. Yeah, this is I'm creating new wrinkles in my brain. New <laughs> neurons are firing. I'm 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 going against the dementia that runs in my family by jacking off with a different hand. It's yeah. like a crossword puzzle for your mind. Yo, get that neuroplasticity pop in. <laughs> so if you learn one thing from this episode, switch your jack off hand yeah. to make sure you don't get dementia. You don't need to do ketamine like I've been doing, therapeutic ketamine, in order to like carve new pathways in your brain and like reconnect synapses in a healthier way. You could just use your other hand to get yourself off. <laughs> And live longer with a healthier brain. Exactly. According to Mike. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I really do love this podcast. <laughs> Learning new things all the time. Speaking um, speaking of um, great days. Oh, okay. Oh, no. It's Harvey Milk Day. Oh, that's... Uh, yeah. We just discovered this. It's the first Harvey Milk Day celebrated here in West Hollywood, where we record at Pettycast Studios with producer Mark. Um, we pulled up and the parking was free and we were like... It's, it's not Memorial Day. What what day is it? It's Harvey Milk Day. Yeah. And um, when we walked into the studio, we were chatting with Mark and Natasha about uh, why Harvey Milk was important to cannabis. I didn't know that he had a cannabis connection. So Harvey Milk was the first openly gay California politician in San Francisco in the 80s. And he, um, there's obviously the famous movie, if you haven't seen it, go watch Milk. It's a great film with Sean Penn playing Harvey Milk and, you know, his whole story and the fact that he was fucking assassinated and cut down in the prime of his life. It was a crazy ending to his life, but he was incredibly important to the gay rights movement and also to the cannabis movement because he was friends with Dennis Perone, who is sort of the grandfather of the medical marijuana movement here in California. And he helped as a city councilman uh, pass Proposition W, which was like one of the very first marijuana initiatives that worked to decriminalize cannabis before you could do anything else. Wow. Um, so he was incredibly important as a, you know, a person from the queer community working with Dennis Perone to decriminalize cannabis and, you know, get people access to it, especially at that time, because it was specifically the AIDS patients, AIDS and HIV patients in that community, the gay community in San Francisco who really needed it as medicine because there were no other options. The AIDS crisis wasn't even being acknowledged at the time so right during became, Reagan right yeah we became incredibly important as medicine for that community um for you know to help with pain and nausea and so Dennis Perone you know was ministering to that community with the first dispensary that he opened and um Brownie Mary who was his friend that's what their name ally. was I was gonna pull I wanted to pull out something to add to the conversation Brownie Mary was yeah. the name I was trying to think of Mary Jane Rathbun was making medical brownies and getting busted and going to jail and still serving the community and 
Harvey Milk on on the political side was he supposed that I was just reading a little bit about him before we started recording. Evidently, he actually gave up smoking weed because he didn't want it to get in the way of his political aspirations and career. And at the time, you certainly couldn't smoke pot and like be in politics. Right. Um, I mean, even now, right? Fucking Biden White House was kicking people out for having admitted smoking pot in 2020 one or 22, whenever that was. So it's, it's wild that you can't smoke cannabis and be in the government. But, um, he was an ally and activist who, uh, now has a day that we're celebrating in West Hollywood I in love his honor. That. That's yeah. awesome. So that's happy awesome. Harvey Milk Day. Happy Harvey Milk Day. That'd be cool if that went, I don't know if that's national or just WeHo because WeHo is such a dope place to live, but, uh, either way, yeah. right on, right on, right on. What else do we have up here? Oh, my gosh. Whoa. So many big things to announce. Okay. Is the, oh, are we going to talk about my film? I'm just going to talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> I Last episode, I did 45 minutes on Denver cuisine. So this episode <laughs> is all about like education and knowledge through Mary Jane. Oh, um, I really think like, I really think I talked my dick off last episode about pizza, hot dogs, and ice cream. This one, let's educate the fucking listeners about what's up with weed. Hit them, Mary Jane. Well, real quick before that, should we say the the wrap up to that Denver story was that we kind of had a hot dog off on our Instagram. We did have a dog off. We had a hot dog off between the purists and the Chicago boys. Meaning if you like Chicago dogs and think it's a real hot dog, or is it just a salad hiding the lack of deliciousness that a hot dog Chicago dog is. Mm -hmm. And uh, the consensus was Chicago dogs rock. Yeah. So, hey. So, but it was a close call. 56-44. And when we spoke to uh, Corey last week, he was saying he was all uh, in favor of the Coney dog. So yeah. Sort of like a Coney versus Chicago situation. People were coming down kind of kind of half and half. I know we have a lot of East Coasters uh, who listen to the pod who might have come down in favor of that New York well, Frank. Corey sitch. must have heard us talking about him because he just texted me. Hold on. <laughs> he, huh! can, he can feel us talking about Check him. Check this out. What? Wow, Mary Jane. On pod? On pod. Today, yes. Corey, Great. I just got off the phone with my dad. <laughs> He's mailing me Coney dogs and hot dogs from that place in Syracuse called Hoffman Sausage I told you about. It's a pork veal blend. Whoa. Cannot wait. And then he sent me this picture that says, from John Fox on the website of uh, Hoffman Dogs, uh -huh. I am a hot dog fanatic, co-founder of the Hot Dog Nation, ambassador to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, consultant, and reviewer. I can say without reservation that Hoffman's German Franks are my absolute favorite hot dog. John Fox, five-star Google review. Wow. That was a lot. I hope you could follow it. At the end of the day, it just seems like Corey <laughs> is goddamn right and he knows his dogs. And impassioned. And impassioned. Yeah. Very, yeah. Mark knows that dog. You know that dog? Producer Mark. Upstate He's, New York, baby. Oh, oh, that's right. Upstate New York, producer Mark saying, yeah, for the win. So the National Hot Dog Advisory Board and producer Mark and Corey all say Hoffman Sausage, a veal pork blend is the best dog. And, um, you know, Chicago dogs are somewhere in the mix. Wowzers. I was surprised to find that there was a big divide on that fucking topic. But I also have an update, if we can do updates real quick, on yeah. my steak sandwich dilemma that I was harping oh, on. Oh, my God. Yes, please. So Oof, this gets yeah. tricky. Because uh, I called out, if you haven't listened to the episode yet or watched it on YouTube, at Weed and Grub, um, I said steak sandwiches are a fallacy. They are too hard to eat. All the toppings slide out. The steak is not tender enough to actually bite through it. So when you bite, a whole strip comes out. It's an impractical sandwich. Mm -hmm. Most comments agreed, but then pivoted and said, what about a cheesesteak sandwich? I did that see thinly that. thinly sliced steak with the cheese on top. My problem with that is, is that a steak sandwich? 
or is that a Philly cheesesteak? And are we talking about two different things here? I, what are you talking about? Of course, it's a, it has the word steak in it. But but <laughs> but it's all about the cheese, and it's all about the hoagie. Like it a, a cheesesteak is known as like one individual thing. Where Dude, I think is a, a cheeseburger a burger? Yeah, of course it's well a burger. Well then. Oh, I see. What, oh, damn it! I fell into your <laughs> trap. Shutting down jokes with facts. So a cheesesteak would be the exception to the overall steak sandwich rule, which is that most steak sandwiches are completely impractical. Asterisk cheesesteak is an eat is an eatable sandwich. I I, I think that the cheesesteak with the cheese as a binder on the steak sandwich is a great fix to the problem that you addressed when you said that it's all just a slidey nonsense and it looks great and the cross section might be nice, but you try and put it in your mouth and you're just like it's like pulling out catfish out of a lake with your mouth. It's, uh, but, uh, and we'll talk, we had a picnic where I made steak sandwiches. May, may I say that I think the steak sandwich that I made that you had a bite of, I think I addressed all of your steak sandwich issues when I made it because I made it very specifically with you in mind with a very, um, edible level of steak slices per piece of bread. And I felt like the condiments kind of glued it all together and it was the right amount of glop. So you want to get into this now? You want to get into the picnic now? Oh, my God. Maybe not. <laughs> Is it going to be a fight? No. Okay. We could get into the picnic now. I loved your steak sandwich. Thank you. I loved your homemade chimichurri. Thank you. I loved the bread choice that sopped up all of that garlic and oil and herbiness. Mm, thank you. I also love that you cut each sandwich into quarters because then it's a two-bite situation. Yep. Had I been eating an entire one of your sandwiches, I don't know if the if the toppings would have stayed inside with each bite or not and a quarter cut made all the difference to me i yes i had not thought of the fact that 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 cut was doing the job of a bite but with a knife yes mm. so i appreciate you taking all of that into consideration the sandwich was knockout delicious thank you uh also Cutting it into quarters. Who do we have pictures? Made a really. I I do have one. I could try and sling it real quick. Uh oh wait. Or, uh, well, there's the steak with the chimichurri. At least you can put it up. If you're looking at the uh, YouTube, you can see my uh, sweet sweet marinade that I made while uh, chopping and chatting with a phone a friend on the phone for like two hours. <laughs> Mike is also holding up his phone with a picture of the. Yeah, there's your cross section. Yeah, I'll throw that on the IG with this. Okay. Um. So so. Going back to the overall steak sandwich dilemma, mm. I do feel like a cheesesteak is an asterisk, but it's also the steak is sliced so thinly and no other steak sandwich except for maybe that au jus Chicago dip mm -hmm. has a thin sliced thing. And I think those are both very specific and more focused on the cheese and the au jus dip than the actual steak sandwich. In your case, it feels like more of a focus on the steak itself. And had it not been cut into quarters, it might have been difficult to eat. Heard. Yes, I agree. I don't I don't have any pushback on that. Okay. I don't. And it was like So I, overall I would say a nine it's ninety-eight percent impractical. A steak sandwich? Yeah. Ninety-four. Honestly, I think it depends on the cut of steak and the binders, really. Like the that cheese steak, you know, yeah, the thin cut with the cheese makes all the difference. Like what kind of steak sandwich are you ordering that's like where have you been eating these steak sandwiches that are bumming you out? Are you making them at home? No, I would never. I like yeah, I guess it's just the thin. You need the thin with the stuff. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's what everyone should keep in mind. And a majority of them, because it's we're such a cross-centric uh, country, 
They make them big slabs. They make them big slabs mm. and they look great. And you squeeze the juice out of the cutting board and jack off with your left hand because your right shoulder's hurting. <laughs> but overall, an impractical sandwich post, um, like post delicious lookingness. Yeah. Yeah. Can we, talking about impracticality and it's cross sections. I just saw something that I thought was so fucking weird. And I was like, oh, is this the new normal with the sandwich IG sort of content, you know, food porn situation? I follow, I think you do too. You know, we both follow a lot of like sandwich accounts where people are just making big juicy things that look delicious. And it's fun to imagine what it would taste like. And that holding it up to the camera moment is always so great. But now people are holding it up in both sections like they're folding them back on top they're not just holding up one section uh-huh. they're like say if they're cutting the sandwich in half they're just sort of folding it back on itself and then holding both seconds sections up and then i saw this dude who's like a southern barbecue sandwich dude and he ate both cross sections as one bite at once and i was like oh no we've reached a new era where you have to fit the huge thing in your mouth to make that sandwich bite satisfying for all of us fucking screen scrollers yes is that what's happening i guess so i i love i love the evolution i think i think that's pretty fun it's it's fun to have a mouthful of something you made and so no shame in any of that but also but he looked like an anaconda trying to fit a capybara into his face (laughs) i was like good lord yeah you you um you would yeah but you don't want to see somebody on TikTok or IG using a knife and fork on their sandwich right I mean maybe you just, do you listen, want you're a sensible biter how about a return to manners and a return to form <laughs> to heal the world how if, <laughs> this is my supposition if we all went back to fork and knife and cloth napkin and seated at the table manners every time we ate the world would be a much better place. I love that. Maybe everyone would calm the fuck down. Yeah. You know? When everyone goes right, you go left. Maybe the problem with this like world in which we just stand up and house a double sandwich cross-section into our faces while wearing board shorts is not what the world fucking needs. What we actually do need is like where I make that sandwich and then I sit down and you see my table setting and the fact that I've poured myself a glass of water and I'm going to cut my sandwich in half nicely and then I'm going to have a bite of one half and dab the corners of my mouth to get away the mayonnaise and crumbs while I chew thoughtfully and look off into space. Doesn't that sound calming? Sounds sexy as fuck to me. <laughs> Sounds real hot. I'm going to start doing this. Sounds real hot. You, are you being funny? Not or... at all. Like, I, I feel like, um, well, one, Mark called you a sandwich purist, which I agree with. Two, <laughs> you'll finally be able to use those uh, candlestick holders that you've been... No, no. Just candlesticks. <laughs> I fucked it up. I really didn't want to fuck it up either. I tried to keep it tight. Still fucked it up. That's so my bad. I can't remember how much we've talked about that on here, but the candle versus candlestick debate raged so hard that one woman told me to go fuck myself and then blocked me on Facebook. And her name was Karen. Unreal. But uh, so, yeah, sorry to correct you, but I do, you know, I have strong feelings about it. Yeah, you should. You got told off. Yeah. Um, I love your sandwich idea. I do. Because with all the, it's, um, right now it's a, the, the sandwich market is, saturated with and so the idea of like yeah well now we're at the point where you have to open your mouth twice as wide to take a bite to stand out yeah let's go pearl earring with it and -hmm. pretend we're in a game of clue and have a nice have a nice bite well like you know as the as the world turns and as the cycle comes around like maybe we've moved past the mukbang kind of like you know stuff it all in your face place and now we're about intentional eating again and you know conspicuous conspicuous consumption 
is not so much a thing right now. Like people aren't necessarily so into it, of course, because of how wasteful it is. And I just think about my, so my dad, I know I talk about him all the time on here and uh, it's because he left me so many uh, lessons, one of them being like intentional eating. And so he grew up like during the second world war and his family like really didn't have enough when uh, during the war and stuff. And so he was very intentional about eating in a way that meant one it was definitely like a clean your plate club like you did not ever leave food on the plate which has its own fucking issues i think in the world but just like he would sit knife fork placing everything and eat a bite and then put all of his cutlery down and chew intentionally and thoughtfully look out the window while he finished that bite and it was like he really took his meal times very seriously and he carved time out in his day for it and it wasn't like he wouldn't just like house a sandwich when he was fly fishing or something but as far as like sitting at home with your food he would never eat a roast chicken over the sink in his underwear like i do right <laughs> so maybe it would be nice for me to go back to that you know table setting uh knife and fork situation just for myself but also what if the whole fucking world took a moment and did it make a it's the mail for me with a little a little bit of fanciness a to it. A little knife and how fork, it, a little candlelit dinner. It's, uh, yeah, see how it how it's red. All right. How, if it goes viral or okay, not. Okay, I will. Cool. Um, so anyway, we got way off track before we, we were able to celebrate your fellowship, Mary Jane. Oh, fuck my fellowship. What time is it? How long have we been talking even? Um, thank you. I'm done school. It was very cool. Thank you so much to the University of Vermont for having me as a cannabis media fellow. Um, I will have... Uh, by the time this comes out, I guess I'll have gotten my grade and we'll know if I actually graduated with the certificate, which I'm pretty sure I did because I turned in all my assignments and did all my homework like a good student. And you I said a- you crushed your final. Or I said, how <laughs> did you do on your final? And you didn't say that, but it's it sounds like you crushed your final. I got some feedback. It was really good. And uh, the constructive criticism was great. And I was proud of, proud of my project. So, um, yeah. And what is it? It was a Harry Potter spell sounding name. A hyperemesis gravidarum. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It was yeah. about um it was about how cannabis is actually a part of the world of Harry Potter. Or what was it? That's right. Yeah. Yes. If you want to fly, uh just smoke some weed and up into the sky you go. That's it. Okay. No, it's uh hyper I can't remember. Did we talk about this on here already? No, because you were waiting to turn it in oh. and you were waiting to get feedback because you didn't want to jinx how hard you were working on it with putting the cart before the horse. So that's right. why I'm bringing it up now. It's because uh You've done it. I've done it. I've turned it in. Uh, we're all done with school. So yeah, it basically hyperemesis gravidarum is a very serious pregnancy disease that affects like one to two percent of pregnant women around the world. You don't hear a whole lot about it because you know we don't pay attention to uh, pregnancy that much in in the news. But it's a very very serious. Kate Middleton, I think, famously is the one who had it that people know about. It's a very serious disease where uh, it is severe, severe, severe puking to the point where you lose weight and become so dehydrated that can affect obviously not only your own health, but also the baby's health. And um, the statistics are crazy. There are some studies that have shown like 50% of women who experience hyperemesis gravidarum actually consider ending their own lives uh, or the pregnancy or or fucking both. Like it's crazy. And I'm not trying to be flip about it, but um yeah, uh, I have a friend who went through it with her pregnancy and it was very crazy. I don't want to mention her here because she wasn't public about it so much, but she suffered and it was wild to see. And um, anyway, it turns out that cannabis can be, it's, it's a taboo subject because cannabis during pregnancy obviously is, you know, advised against by all medical professionals anyway. Um, and we don't know much about it because there haven't been that many studies, but it does work to alleviate some of the symptoms of HG, at least in short-term use. You know, it can work better than prescription 
um, medications as self-reported. It hasn't really been studied. There are no like peer-reviewed clinical studies to prove this, but women who have suffered from HG while pregnant and used cannabis to treat the symptoms have reported back that it worked for them. So two things on that. One is I learned from you that one of the keys to this fellowship and to the um, reporting and projects that you're working on like this one is that peer-reviewed science-based facts in cannabis there's not as many of them as we need right. but it is absolutely the most accurate trustworthy way to know what the truth is yeah things that you can say definitively that have been borne out by yeah research and data and then that research and data being also tested by a second person or people's yep. and that's what peer review means so yeah. peer-reviewed cannabis it's not just data. i say this and here are my findings it's right. I, I i say this here are my findings and also this person looked at my findings and they sign off on the fact that that is in fact what the data says yeah okay and then secondly because the way you've described it to me in this case what's the name of it again hyperemesis gravidarum gravidarum um is that you're almost like allergic to being pregnant so it's almost like your whole body is rejecting the pregnancy and in this case weed can help with those symptoms but it is not curing those symptoms because i want to be clear like my shoulder hurts really bad uh -huh. um but it's not fixing my shoulder it's not fixing your gravidarum like Correct. It's, I, just, it's, it's important to clarify that i think yeah it's a severe nausea and vomiting disease uh that um just very very recently there's a, a geneticist named um dr marlena fazo who was profiled in the new york times because she had after many 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 decades of research uh or I don't know how many decades of research she had done, but like she would, she got pregnant and suffered from hyperemesis gravidarum in her thirties. She's now in her fifties and she's been researching this ever since. And like, you know, has fought tooth and nail to get money and resources aimed at this topic. And it's crazy. People just haven't wanted to pay attention to it because it, you know, pregnancy is an issue that's just because it doesn't affect men. There aren't the resources aimed at it that there are at other things that affect uh, men. And anyway, she discovered the gene that is responsible for hyperemesis gravidarum. Um, and she has identified that and we're now starting to get some research about like what can actually treat it. But in the meantime, one of her students published a paper that was self-reported about women using it to treat the symptoms of nausea and vomiting. And that's kind of all of the data we have. There is almost no data on cannabis and pregnancy and especially on cannabis and hyperemesis gravidarum. But we do know that it can treat the severe nausea and vomiting better than prescription medications as reported by the women who've experienced it. So it's like a tiny, tiny little portion of people. But as so much is in weed, you know, the anecdotal evidence is what we all know because, you know, we've all experienced it as people who use cannabis for whatever reasons we use it. I can report that it makes me feel better for X number of reasons and that's why I use it. However, it's not scientific. That's one of the things that drives me fucking nuts about weed is how many products, how many companies, how many people push it as this miracle plant. Yeah. And I'm and it and it it's not it's not it's not solving, it's not fixing, but it can help. And I'm very very cautious of anyone who's like, "Oh man, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that." It's like, "No, I mean, it's dope as fuck for everything from hanging out and watching Fast X to, you know, helping you with your stage 4 cancer, but I I don't like the whole it's yeah. a miracle kind of push. It's like we need to legalize it because it's it's it God's gift. To, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm like, "Homie, it ain't true. 
It ain't true. Yeah, those sweeping generalizations never hold true. They're never, never gonna like. Yeah, there's, there's no cure all for anything. But, um, you know, and I certainly did learn. It was really interesting actually to be in this program, which was like sort of rigorously overseen by clinicians, academics, researchers, and scientists who were like, if it is not presented in a paper that has been published in a peer-reviewed journal we are not going to accept it as fact. Otherwise, it is simply anecdotal, and please don't bring that here. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, so what What happens to, because if there's such a small section of uh, research being done on what, you're, what you studied for your final, what happens to your final now? Does it go into any kind of like place where people can use your work because you brought in all of this other work into one place? Like, where does it go now and what can happen through your work that you did in this fellowship? Oh, nothing. I think that, you know, we were we were all asked to identify a topic that where there was a knowledge gap of some kind and then come up with a research plan to fill that knowledge gap. Like, what do you see needing uh, research in cannabis and how would you solve that problem? But like, I didn't actually do the work to answer the question. I just identified that there is the work that needs to be done about cannabis use during pregnancy to treat HG. Um, and hopefully that work will be done, but I'm not going to be the one doing it, but I will be the one to write about it when it does, when, if it, if, and when it does happen. Because you spoke to everybody who is on the research side of it. So now as a journalist, you can, um, educate the masses. Yeah. Hopefully I didn't speak to everyone, but I did speak to Dr. Marlena, uh, Faiso, and she was incredible. And, um, I would love to continue to cover developments. Yeah. In that field as you know, so much work is being done in identifying where cannabis is helpful with, um, reproductive care in general, like from endometriosis and menstrual pain to, you know, nausea and vomiting during pregnancy to, you know, aftercare when your body is healing from giving birth. Like there's so many places in our reproductive cycles that we can be useful. And so I'm just excited to keep talking about um, developments as they occur. Cool. It's Vagina. A Nice. Because <laughs> I, I saw you glaze over a little bit. And I well, was no, like, I was like I trying to talk think a lot of like about the it. things that weed helps dudes with. I was like, oh, what, boners, man. I don't know that it does make strong boners. You don't think weed helps boners? I don't know. I don't know. I guess you would have to ask someone who um, isn't just like rock hard all the time and horny. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like, it just seems like it's like, it's a female plant. It helps females in no, ways that, please no, please do not with that. It's a female plant. Get away from me with your craziness. All right. I hit me with it. I hate that. Okay. Keep going. Please. Oh, Not God. that you need my permission, but like what what is the trigger for you in that kind of like oh, sentiment? Because it's what every fucking sexist asshole does to fucking justify his sexism when he's talking about weed. But I love females. It's a female plant. I see. All my plants are mothers, man. And then they're like sexist, chauvinistic, asshole fuckwads. And they use that as it's like fucking politicians who are like, I'm as the father of daughters. Uh-huh. No. It's a you talking point to get away with some slimy it shit. It is a crazy fucking whitewashing or sexism washing, chauva washing. I don't even know what the fuck it is. But like talking about it being a female plant that does good for... No, it doesn't matter. It's just a plant that happens that the female plant is the one that produces the flowers that we smoke. But like it has nothing to do with it being good for reproductive care. And it's, it is a trigger for me because it's truly like, you know, when I've been at like events and surrounded by like dudes who are being like deeply fucking bro-y about shit but then they'll like sort of you know but they'll be like but we love we love girls man right i love the girl i love the ladies and i'm like 
No, bro. To to double down what I was about with what I was about to say <laughs> before I jumped down it, your throat. Is it is it it's you, you find it to be out of pocket that I would be like, oh my gosh, how what a connection that the female plant also helps the most things of um, the female sex in mm. humans. That was the connection I was trying to make. But even that makes you think of disgusting dude shit. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Like. Oh, I love that connection. I love the idea like we have a core and the earth has a core and we have a kind of a a uh, an aura around us and there's an ozone layer around the earth and like all things at all levels are so similar and so much the same, even though they're all different. Like I love all of those little connections that create earth and humanity and life. And <sighs> yeah, but by your fucking logic, then it would be like, OK, then I'm going to talk about all chicken dishes that I eat and all egg dishes that I eat and all caviar and all salmon roe and all that kind of stuff is being specifically female and good for fucking, you know, my female body. And like, what are you doing as a dude like eating that chick shit? Um, I see where you're going with it. I disagree with it, but I do. I'm just going to say again, like I just like making connections where it's like something helping something else and they happen to be of the same origin. Okay. I, 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 I like, I like that makes as much sense to me as actual science and research because it uses the imagination and connectivity in an ethereal way that if it's not honored and called out, I feel like also slips underneath the radar. So you're tying the female plant to the female reproductive system to the rhythms of the earth and the moon and the whole entire world as being one sort of like holistic idea for you that just resonates with you. Yeah. It, it allows, okay. it allows me the space to actually understand things that I could not other understand otherwise. Okay. I'm on board with that. I take back my th throat jumping. Yeah. Save it for your comments on it's the mayo for me. <laughs> <laughs> so mad at the bros. No, but I understand what you're saying. I just, I, I, I needed to finish my sentence about like, I enjoy the idea of kind of connectivity all over the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting to me. Like our belly button looks like the Milky Way. How cool is that? Yeah. You your know? belly button looks like the Milky Way. You ever way? look inside your belly button and see the spiral in there and how, how it looks like our galaxy? Oh, that's pretty cool. And that's where nourishment came from when you were being born and the get like, I love that shit, man. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so true. You are so right because I do love more than anything things like the, have you ever seen the puffer fisher puffer fish video where I think it's puffer fish building its nest and it pulls out and you see what the nest is. No, it's, an, it's a beautiful underwater. Oh yes, video. yes, yeah. It's a um, it's a, it's it's all those like symmetrical spirals and shapes. A mandala. A mandala. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. So you know, and the Fibonacci spiral. We talked about this on here. Someone actually just wrote in about the banana stuff about how there's a Fibonacci spiral um correlation with our with our crazy banana chat. Yes, and um, with Archie when he hunches to take a shit. Oh, he's the perfect shape of perfect a little... Fibonacci spiral. The math and connection is everywhere. I I'm just need you. to acknowledge it. I'm with you on that. So before so you start, you start all prickly and then you turn into a fucking hippie and I'm just confused. I don't know how to, I, you got me. I'm like, a, I'm not a bro, Mary Jane. I'm I a know. dude, but I'm not a bro. I know you're not a bro, Mike. It's a difference. I know you're not a bro. So anyway, you want to get to the news? <laughs> yeah, let's get to the news. <laughs> Since as a man, I'm reading it this week. Yes, as a man, what is the news? <laughs> as a female human, I would like to know from you, a man, what the news what is. What the this news week. is this week? <laughs> and look at this fucking guy on this big screen. <laughs> this is actually a great news story. It's coming from the Associate Press. Uh, Grubla Gazette is presented by the Associate Press this week. One of our big sponsors. They send us ten thousand dollars every AP? month. The AP <laughs> for us to uh, use them as our resource for all cannabis knowledge. Great. Minnesota. 
uh, the bill to legalize rec pot passed the Senate, and now it's on this man's desk to sign it through. Great. Um, I'll hit a couple beats and interrupt me anytime with sure. anything. So the senators passed the bill for uh, recreational marijuana. It was a really tight race, but they ended up winning. And now it goes to the House, and then it goes to Democratic Governor Tim Waltz, okay. who's seen right here, to sign it into law. Um, under the measure, it would be legal starting August 1st, which Whoa. is right around the corner, to possess, use, and grow marijuana at home. Retail sales at dispensary are probably about a year away. Okay. But, you know, they're moving quick. August is right around the bend. Yeah. Um, there would be a 10% tax on cannabis products on top of existing sales tax and other taxes that just are how Minnesota does their thing. Mm -hmm. um, you can possess two pounds at home and two ounces in public. Great. Um, they also have a couple of different um, caps for carrying things like gummies and edibles and concentrates, but we don't need to get into that. Does it also, say anything about home cultivation? Did uh, you see? Not in this one specifically, but I think home grow is a part of this measure. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's so interesting to watch the places that are passing um, recreational or adult use uh, cannabis laws and the ones that are not including home grow uh, are sometimes getting shot down because people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Home grow is essential. It's essential. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in this one, but um, I would have to do a deeper dive and associate. I want them to keep sending us money. So I don't want right. to like stray away from this article that doesn't mention home grow. That's right. The AP is sending us all those, that sweet AP cash. $10,000 a month. Um, <laughs> uh, also, Minnesotans who have been convicted of misdemeanors or petty misdemeanor possessions would get their records expunged automatically. Fantastic. And that would also start in August. August, and it'll probably take a year to process all of them, but they would start that as soon as the bill is passed as well. And then people convicted of selling weed or other more serious but nonviolent offenses would no longer be crimes and they would just be knocked down to lesser offenses that could either have your record be cleared mm -hmm. or your sentence reduced. Great. Something that doesn't mean it's a crime, Great. which is awesome. And then on the local level, um, that's where you can limit the number of dispensaries, make sure that those dispensaries are in kept away from schools. Ah, that fucking all bullshit. All that kind of stuff. Fuck that. You know, that's the crazy thing that happened in California when Prop 64 uh, was um, approved. 75% of Californian um, counties, districts, municipalities voted not to allow dispensaries in their townships or wherever. So there's like three quarters of the state that doesn't have access to legal retail cannabis, even though legal weed is statewide. There's medical and adult use law in place across the state, but 75% of the state doesn't have access to buy it because of exactly what you're talking about. Because keep it away from schools. Keep it away from schools. Keep it away from churches. Keep it away from neighborhoods where there are children. Keep it away from hospitals, whatever it is. Right. They use all of these rules to keep it out of their towns because they say they don't want legal weed. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a state that has legal cannabis, but only access in like major metropolitan areas or, you know, so that that is... Um, do you think that's Annoying. that I don't even understand the advantage to that? Is it some kind of like playing to the base of that local thing and you're the leader of that place? So you're just like, like, oh, Christian, religious, yeah. like that's the kind of moves. Yeah, that are you being live made in Smileville that? and that's like a nice little conservative town in the Sierras and you never wanted weed there because 
you know, you're you're all conservative Christians or just right wing or whatever. Or, you know, in some cases, like there are some towns in parts of rural California that are very, very red and they really, really hate uh, cannabis farms because the hemp farms and cannabis farms have done environmental damage and a lot of them are farmers there. So whether or not they're, you know, voting conservative, they like I think in many ways have legitimate reasons to be very fucking angry with weed farmers because they've lost resources like water um, to these big farms. So they're they're mad about it for that reason. And it's not even like a, um, you know, j- just hating weed reason. It's like Interesting. those farms are fucking us over. So it's like it's very tricky and um, complicated uh, as, as a topic. Like, I don't actually even know that much about it. Well, uh, according to AP, who sends us roughly $15,000 a month, um, the bill only passed 3432. Mm. And one of the Democratic senators who was against it did say, um, we need to protect, protect our children from the harmful effects of the illicit market and, uh, reduce the risk of public health and safety. Instead of opening, uh, pot shops, we need to reinvest in community, in communities that have been harmed. I mean, yeah, invest in those communities and also allow people legal access to retail cannabis. Yeah, why, why is it an either or, right? <laughs> yeah, That's like, the thing. What's up? It's interesting how many politicians use the either or argument mm-hmm. when the bigger question is why not both? Yeah. Completely agree. Um but by August maybe Minnesota will be the 23rd state. Oh my 27th, god, I'm losing something track. like that. No, not 27th, but yeah, 20 yeah, cuz we t- we hit the 20 mark last uh, election cycle with uh, 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Which is awesome. I mean, we're almost at halfway there, huh? Halfway of the states, but now I think it's two-thirds of Americans live in a place with access to legal cannabis, the majority of the country. Big, big shit. Great. So that's our news this week. A little um, bright, go, go bright shiny sun. Yeah. What is Minnesota? What is the name of the Minnesota? What is the Minnesota slogan for the, like, the what state? Oh, I don't know, but their ice hockey college team, the Govers, are fantastic. Oh, cool. And there's like a pretty cool rivalry, or at least in my head, there was a great rivalry between Minnesota and Michigan Mm -hmm. in the collegiate hockey. And so it'd be like the Wolverines versus the Gophers. And oh my God, so many great players came out of both. So um, I know them just as like a fun, hard-hitting hockey state, which Mm -hmm. I'm all about. I know them for only what happens in the Twin Cities because there's cool music and art that comes out of uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what's the name of the other city? Yeah, that was a great poll. And there's an amazing theater, uh, the Goodman in, no, wait, that's in Chicago. What's the, the Guthrie. The Guthrie. The Guthrie is fucking cool as shit. And oh, it's, oh, thank this, you, Mark. Thank you, producer Mark. Its official nickname is the Star of the North, L'Etoile du Nord. Uh, land of 10,000 lakes. Oh, the land of 10,000 lakes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to think of the butter. Yo, you mm-hmm. could gravity bong a lake legally come August. You could take a two liter <laughs> of, you know, moon mist Fago, cut out the bottom, put your weed on top and gravity bong out of a lake to ring in recreational pot sales. Do it. Send us a picture. We'll put you on Instagram and we'll send you a t-shirt. That would be fucking awesome. (laughs) Hit us with it, Minnesota. I can't wait to see that. God, yes. Great idea. Gravity bong a lake. Oh my God, let's do it. I would gravity. That'd be actually, you know, everyone's like, what's your hook to tour around the world? Everyone already wants to be Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Mine would be gravity bong every body of water in the world i can see you getting into a dry suit and clambering into an arctic ice hole with a polar bear lurking somewhere in the distance and you just being like well it was good while it lasted (laughs) yeah so sick oh my god that'd be so sick yes hanging out with some brown trout 
Yeah, I would gravity go. Bonded. I would go to the uh, Dead Sea, and I'd be floating on my stomach, hitting gravity bongs out of that salty, salty brine, and then I would be in the Arctic. Yes. Oh, I like this idea very much. There's a new show with Rain Wilson called the the Geography of Bliss. I think. Hmm. I I think that this could be Mike Glazer with um, the Geography of Bongs. <laughs> Done around the world. Brought to you by Rain Wilson and AP. Listen. Do it. I fucking love that idea. We have oh, a- and I can even use like local sodas and local yes. two liters. Like unless we're sponsored by Coca-Cola, which is a little ways off, you know, I can use like um, or you, or you local get, business sodas. Or you get stunned in glass to make you like a beautiful replica in glass of some kind of soda bottle. So you're not hitting plastic all the time because that shit would just you don't actually want to be doing aluminum foil and plastic. Uh, that's a good point. You can oh. get your $10,000 stunned in glass replica and just be fancy about that shit. Nah, yeah. I'm, I'm of the people. OK. I smoke plastic. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> you also, according to this picture that's up, uh, up in the studio behind us, hang out with fucking celebrities, dude. Yeah, me and a couple St. Louis boys just talking about St. Louis. Uh, me, wild. Joel Hadley, best friend forever, and uh, John Hamm just hanging out at the woods. Uh, not pictured here, Woody Harrelson and Owen Wilson. John Hamm is a St. Louis um, guy, and we were all just hanging in there, and I was like, hey, man, I'm from St. Louis too. And he immediately turned his back on the conversation he was kind of having, but not really having with other people. And we talked STL sports. We talked about what high schools we went to. We talked about all the great food that comes out of St. Louis for like 30 cookie? minutes. What was the cookie you guys were talking about? The cookie? You put it on your Instagram. You were like, we talked about this, and then there was like a cookie or a sandwich or something or a ice cream what it was like something specifically uh, st louis see. that you got, i'm sorry to interrupt you about whatever you were talking about but it was like it was a very specific it wasn't a toasted ravioli yes what was it okay so one thing that we all connected on is that we all used to live near this place called westport and westport was kind of like the hub for birthday parties at the local arcade it's the very first comedy club called the funny bone coming into st louis there was um, Spencer gift style shops on there. And every weekend on Friday nights and Saturday nights, there would be buskers who were allowed to perform there. So you would see jugglers and mimes and musicians and violin players and who was also a musician. Sorry to typecast all <laughs> musicians as violinists. Please don't come for me. And so we would um, we would go and we would watch all that. And I would take magic classes there. It was a really cool place called Westport. They also had a thing called Rabata which is a predecessor to Benihana with all of the tricks for fried rice and shrimp. And there was also a place called Casa Gallardo that brought Mexican cuisine to the Midwest. Mm. And they had a fried ice cream that everyone celebrated and got on their birthday. You went to Casa, you went to the arcade on your birthday to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Simpsons and pinball and skee-ball. And then you went to Casa Gallardo and got the fried ice cream and they sing happy birthday to you in Spanish. Feliz cumpleaños, I think, or something like that. And it's great because it's a ball of soft vanilla ice cream and they wrap it and then they f- deep fry that vanilla ice cream Ugh. and serve it to you. And uh, haven't seen it since Casa Gallardo. Haven't thought about it forever. But John Hamm brought it up. And then we all geeked out like little kids at a sleepover being like, oh, my God, the fried ice cream, the fried ice cream. That's so fucking rad. Um, I don't know where else to get it. I he- guess maybe you could try to make it. Isn't but, it kind of like a baked Alaska? Isn't that sort of what a baked Alaska is? Is like a, a deep fried ice cream situation? Uh, yes, but no. Because okay. baked, baked Alaska has so many layers to it. This is fried ice cream 
topped with honey whipped cream and then for 50 cents extra you could add a little hot fudge whoa yeah man fried ice cream is the jam and it still exists at this spot well casa gallardo closed a hundred years ago what mark what <laughs> we oh newport beach evidently in our in our neck of the woods we oh. can go to newport beach and order fried fucking ice cream rolled in cornflakes nuts Ooh. and honey 14 bucks Oh, in Century City as well. Okay. Fuck, yes, that's actually in LA. Let's go, man. Hey, man. Let's go get uh, some hot pot and then get some fried ice cream. Yeah, we'll invite John, my new friend. Also, John Hamm, I just saw uh, reported that he just called out Josh Hawley for being a coward. So Josh Hawley is the senator from Missouri who did that crazy thing where he was like supporting the fucking insurrectionists. And then like they showed that video of him on January 6th and he was actually like running for his life, like a little bitch. Was He's he also the one that was pumping his fist in the air and giving yes. the, um, whatever the sign is to those people like in yes. support. Yes. Before he actually entered Congress that day. Or he had that slippery haircut that all those fuck faces have, right? The shaved side of the head. He's a, fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. he has a fuck face haircut and a fuck face way of saluting and a fuck face way of running away from trouble. And he's a fuck face. Um, so, <laughs> but he, uh, was just called out by John Hamm, uh, in an ad, uh, for his demo. So Holly's democratic challenger is named Lucas Kuntz. What a name. <laughs> anyway, he's dropped an ad featuring John Hamm calling out John Holly for his like fixation on manliness. Um, and in the ad, Hamm questions Holly's convictions while negative uh, headlines about him flash by. He says, manhood, you'd hope that means courage. Courage isn't something you can give speeches or write a book about. It's not sitting on the sidelines while others sacrifice or denying help to those who did. Anyway, we'll link the ad in the show notes because I want to fucking I haven't even watched it yet. But like I just saw it reported that he's, you know, like taking a big political stance. And as someone who is known for being like a fucking super like strong dude uh calling out Hosh holly for being a bitch that's awesome it's also great because john doesn't have any social media he's not on twitter he's not on instagram so the the idea that he can make such a impact and call out government officials from missouri without having them be able to reach him in any way <laughs> or like retag or retag or yeah. do anything like no trolls can come for him he can just speak his mind stand by it strongly and move on with his fucking day john ham I love you, man. That's yeah. awesome. Also uh, excited to look into Lucas Kuntz and see what he's bringing to the table as a I trust no Missouri politicians at all. I trust I none of them. It's There's too many racist people in Missouri. There's too many people who love guns for the wrong reasons oh, in Missouri. God. There's too many people who are homophobic in Missouri. Like I can't see anyone in Missouri running for office and winning actually being on the right side of all the things I think are right. There's it the give and take is too much and there's too much hate in that state for it to actually work out in any way except for continuing to be number one in murder, number one in traffic accidents, number one in drug, number one in arrests, uh and uh go blues, you know? Yeah. That's it. It's uh -huh. a sports town with a lot of violence and anger surrounding it. And it's a fucking bummer. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I don't have much faith in anyone running for office there. If I'm going to be frank, it's a crazy place. That's where those, uh, fucking Bonnie and Clyde's wave waved around their guns 
because protesters were on their lawn, right? Yeah. Those fucking people. Yeah, those rich people in bare feet with Ugh. Chardonnay on the breath. <laughs> the problem, too, is that St. Louis is a great fucking city. I love it. You have it's the beautiful. arch. You have great sports. You have the Bowling Hall of Fame. You have, like, so much history. The Mississippi River. The river is there. Union Station is there. What's that, Art Park? Uh, Lawmere Sculpture Park. Everything about it is incredible. If they could just forget about God, like it would be a much better place without like zealot running I, the show. It's crazy on the um, reproductive rights front. Uh, Senator just introduced a bill to make abortion punishable by a murder charge in Missouri. That's what's happening. Wow. On that front. So John yeah. Hamm, please say yeah, something. Hello. <laughs> could you also address that. Thank you so much. I love that it's gone from being like being just like great friends with John Hamm to now I'm like, I need you to run for political office yeah. and change the world. <laughs> hello. <laughs> we need some help. <laughs> um, that's so fucking cool, though, that you guys kicked it. And uh, it was also just a great party. And congrats again to all the team at the woods for celebrating a year. It's hard to do as a business in cannabis yeah the other cool thing about this picture is that we did john ham grabbed joel's phone he was like let's do a selfie uh -huh. so john ham initiated the selfie which is fun but then we did one and then John was like, I don't like it. Let's do another one. And then John Hamm raised his eyebrow. Yeah. And when he and when Joel saw John Hamm raise his eyebrow, Joel was like, oh, I'll raise one, too. And so, like, they were trying to out eyebrow raise each other <laughs> within this one picture. So I, I love that. Joel and I were having a good laugh about it. It's like, oh, all right. All right. I'll see. I'll see your eyebrow raise and raise you my own. It was a very. Uh, yeah, it's a good. It's a charming picture. Yeah. Charming guy. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have today? What are we, what else are we talking about? Well, oh, we have something to try. Yeah, let's let's check these out because uh, we got sent this um, new seltzer to taste on pod, and I'm kind of stoked about it. It's called New Brew. I'm gonna try the citrus one. We got two flavors. There's citrus and berry, and it's um, a oh, and it's kratom in it. Yeah, it's got kratom and kava, and so it's like. Uh, going to offer like a, a little lift but without any alcohol or cannabis i'm excited to taste mine so it's, is it like energy based because it says there's caffeine in here and stuff. Yeah. So, but no i won't get high and i won't get drunk you won't get high and you won't get drunk it'll offer you a little light euphoria uh it says it will include a positive attitude shift and a grounded sense of calm clarity and connection with a crisp elevated taste and just the right amount of sweet all right i'll try mm -hmm. some new brew Oh, God, that's so nice. It's like a lightly fizzy lemonade and this citrus flavor. And it also tastes a tiny bit like sweet tea. It's like a really grown up adult uh, adult Palmer. This is an adult Palmer. I love that. <laughs> Trademark that, Mary Jane. That's fantastic. You do have to be 18 or over to enjoy this, I believe, or at least to get on their website. Like they are not marketing this to kids. So this is an adult Palmer. Um, You're welcome, new brew. All right. I will try the berry. Hmm. I love that. It's like berry tea. Okay. So yours is like lemon tea and mine is berry tea. Okay. So if you're the adult Palmer, um, this would be the, um, <laughs> um, I don't know, adult at 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 eight off adult. No. <laughs> what about what about a um like a Shirley Temple twist? Oh, okay, yeah, because of the berry. Or like a like like a um Roy Rogers. I like Roy Rogers more. Like a grown Rogers. Goy Rogers. Oh, <laughs> you're coming in second on that one, bro. 
<laughs> There's no way to top adult Palmer. So I'm just adult trying Palmer to like make. Boy Rogers. <laughs> oh my God. Well, New Brew is a botanical seltzer. Um, this is off their website. It says it good. employs two primary active ingredients, kratom leaf and kava root. Each can contains 25 milligrams of kratom leaf extract and 125 milligrams of kava root, which is a low dose when compared with other products. Uh, it's a potent beverage, though, for adults, and these ingredients are likely to have effect even at this low dosage. So you'll feel like a little lift. And these would be, I got to say, so perfect. Back to the picnic chatter about, you know, where we can have sandwiches and enjoy outside friendship time. This would be perfect for that. This is a ice cold mm-hmm. at a picnic. Yeah. This is the move. Yeah. Especially if you're like doing a little bit of day drinking and day smoking. Yeah. And you don't want your night to end on like if you're picnicking on a Sunday, excuse me, and you don't want to like be exhausted by six o'clock. But, you know, you want to stay up to watch the finale of Succession and Mm -hmm. have a little dinner. Something like this is like right in the pocket for that magic hour brew. Yeah, it's I love great. It. We had this picnic in the park on Sunday with some friends and we did smoke a joint. And then I did kind of want to lie down afterwards, but I was surrounded by friends and I was like, now is not the time to just take a nap in the sunshine because I did want to hang out. So this would have been perfect. Yeah. It would have added me, given me that little boost. Uh, the part of the picnic that we haven't talked about yet that I would like to compliment you on mm. as a man as a man speaking to a human woman? Speaking to a human woman. Okay. Enchanted Jangle oh. is a game-changing snack from Trader Joe's. I meant to bring it today because it's so fucking good. Enchanted Jangle. Say it if again. you're listening to this, Say it again. go to Trader Joe's and get Enchanted Jangle. The craziest name. I kind of bought it based on the name. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it's a Willy Wonka fest festival yes and i don't know i mean aren't all trader joe's products inspired by something that already exists and then they just repackage it under the tj's brand kind of my understanding so i don't know if there's an original enchanted jangle out there that we should be pointing to as some kind of like small business or something that actually came up with the idea but trader joe's has a great version holy shit it's salted waffle pretzel chips um, and then a bunch of like different little kind of coated bites. There's like a chocolate and like some kind of like strawberry banana thing. And then there are like some versions of those little, what are those sticks called that have pock, pocky? Yeah, pocky sticks. Yeah. It's just, it's like checks, but with candy. Yes. Well kind said. Kind of. Yeah. Delicious. Gummies, marshmallows, chocolates. So fun. Oh yeah. There's like little um ch- like chips. Hell of a jangle. Excuse me. Now I'm burping. It was, I don't want to do that in the mic. It was so fun. Yes. Uh, yes, that was good. It was a great spread. I mean, I've been sad lately, Mm. just to, just to level with you. I've been sad. There's a loneliness epidemic in this country. And, um, and that definitely helps me feel connected to other people who are going through it, knowing that other people are sad too. But sometimes that doesn't help you from just being sad. And I was like, what's the cure for that? Spending outside time with friends, yeah, you know, in a, in a, just a cool, healthy way. And, um, what better to do than a picnic? And I just, it was so great to hang out in the park, have a group of friends from kind of different parts of my life all come together. And some of them meet each other for the first time. It was a fucking vibe. We smoked some weed. We ate great snacks like Enchanted Jangle. I made sandwiches. We had uh, some balls to throw around. There was a pile of dogs. Uh, That's almost why I didn't show up. Thank you for inviting me. But when I heard there was going to be upwards of five to six dogs there, (laughs) I was like, what part of this is a relaxing picnic? Mm. Turns out 
some of the best dogs in the country Yo, were at that picnic. Those dogs are medicine, man. Holy smokes. I got three assholes pushed into me. Yeah. Five licked my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, two followed me around. Yep. Partridge in a pear tree. Did Archie claim you as his own? He did sit on my knee and stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good boy. Yeah. So um, all great dogs. Yeah. It was a good vibe. And I just was so grateful. And I was like, this has got to be by the beginning of a series because the sadnesses, they go away when you're sitting outside in a beautiful place with some friends and eating some snacks and I don't know. I just always forget that, you know, that the the easiest medicine for me is to get my head out of whatever fucking funk I'm in by going outside first. Yeah. And then speaking to another human second. Yeah. And then enjoying some time together. And set it up yourself. You can't wait around for people to invite you to the thing you wish was happening. Oh, God. You got to just do it. Yeah. I got hurt the other day, but hurt. So incredibly stupid because I saw two people hanging out on Instagram and I wasn't invited. And my head just did this crazy number on me where I was like, why am I not there? And I was like, why would you be there? Why would you? you? Did you ask them if you could show up? Why are you butthurt about this? Have you invited them to hang out with you? And exactly. So that's what I did. So fuck you for hanging out without me, Mike. And uh-huh. uh, thank you for coming to the picnic. Cool. Healthy ego. <laughs> this has no. been brought to you by Mary Jane's ego. It's healthy. It's, it's there. It's, it's huge. <laughs> it needs checking. No, it's just honestly the, you know, when I'm talking about these friends hanging out on Instagram, I wasn't legitimately hurt or legitimately pissed off at these people, but I did feel a pang. Yeah. And I was like trying to identify it and looking into my heart. I was like, why does that give me an ouch? And then I was like, it gives me an ouch because I'm lonely and I'm feeling blue and I miss my sister and I'm just, you know, going through whatever it is. All, all the fucking elements are just causing me to have a blue time right now. Let's let's fix that. I have the ability to change that up a little bit. And um, I one of the other things that I did was I called my friend Allison in Montreal and I talked to her for two hours while I was making chimichurri and like marinating things. And we were chatting about it and we were like, because she, she's going through the same thing. She was like, I'm feeling lonely, too. What is that? And we also identified the fact that like it's just a time like a time in life where it's harder to make new friends right now, you know, mm. and like oh, really? that is like I used to, you know, when I was in theater, I was always doing a new show and you have like a new group of friends every like three months. You've got a whole new cast of characters to get to meet or, you know, pre pandemic. I was just like going out and socializing more in like bars or comedy shows or whatever, and, like all these things that you've you know, for whatever reason I have in my life and she has in hers, like stopped down from doing. So it's just like less um, new connections being forged. So also got to seek out new ways to make friends. There's an interesting parallel. I'm going to make another connection. Please don't yell at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting ready to yell. (laughs) I'm ready. There is a direct correlation in my mind between how, um, we are now in America mostly a gig econ- economy. And um, I don't know what Allison does for work, if she works full-time, part-time, or is also freelance. She's a but director. the way the entire country has become freelance mm. also means that the entire country, you're not going out for drinks after work necessarily. You're sure. not on the weekend going to a baby shower for somebody that you know from a friend. Like yeah, the, the work dis- from home. The work from home and mm-hmm. the disconnection of... Um, just going gig to gig, freelance to freelance, article to article or whatever it looks like is a direct effect of no hangout. And uh, I've mm-hmm. never really thought of like that kind of economy in America immediately affecting your lo- your loneliness. Yeah. That's, it, that's pretty interesting. You really got to make plans now. Yeah. 
and it's important too. And then you don't have to be... And yeah. wasn't that a good point? It was an excellent point, Mike. I'm going to sip this to punctuate it. <laughs> Instead of... <laughs> great points made. Uh, <laughs> we have a few more great points, but we got we to wrap soon. We've been talking for a while. I've been enjoying catching up with you. Wait, how do I... Oh, there we go. Um, Just wanted to bring this up as maybe a last fun chat here on this pod. Please. Did you know that some people wipe their butt wrong? What's right versus what's wrong? Well, how do you wipe your butt? How specific do you want me to be? Very. Okay. Um, Well, I have a couple problems with it because I keep breaking toilet seats. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So I am a tilter. I tilt my butt when it's time. I'll pull the toilet paper. I'm a crumpler, not a folder when it comes to toilet paper. Okay. I like a crumple. I like it to look like a loofah. Um, And then I tilt my butt, lean all my weight onto my left side. Okay. And then lift the right cheek. Okay. And hit it front to back. Okay. And then splash. Okay. Um, But the problem with that is I consistently, because I'm Jewish and everything I eat turns into diarrhea, (laughs) I... I'm always leaning so much onto my left side of the of the toilet <laughs> that I break seats constantly and I keep having to call my landlord and be like, I need you to replace my toilet seat again. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's so intense. Are you like leaning over and just holding onto the side of your sink and like moaning? <laughs> Is that what it looks like? You think like? it's like I'm trying to hold on to a ship that's in rocky waves? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this, this tilt sounds very extreme. It, it, it must be extreme because I'm putting a lot of pressure on the right side that's being <laughs> lifted up and snapping in half. But you are a front tobacker. I'm a, I am a front, yeah, from, from, uh, from, from Gooch. Yeah, from Gooch. Yeah, to the, to the tailbone. Okay. Yes. Okay. So from taint, from taint to tail. Taint to tail. Okay. Um, that is what I have learned. Not everyone does. Not everyone does front to back. Some people ran, I just heard this discussion uh-huh. will actually reach under themselves from the front, like between their legs. Men or women? Well, it was a female. It was two women who were talking. Oh, that's bad for your pussy. It's bad for everything. It's just like a bad way to, but the, I mean, there is a, so for when I am going to the bathroom, obviously I'm sitting down for both. Right. So the front, if I pee. I wipe the front, but then if I poop, I like go in from the back and wipe taint to tail. Taint to tail, right. But evidently, there are some people who don't do that and they just reach in from the front and they wipe that way, which is crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. I'll do you one better though. What? Not that it's a contest, but I'll do you one better. Okay. I have a friend who will remain nameless, Uh who stands- I was going to ask. Spreads the cheeks apart Mm -hmm. and works tail to butthole and taint to butthole- to isolate oh. all remnants into the middle for one to two final swipes. Dude. It, how about that? Does this person also wax? Because they seem very, yeah, that's got to be like a, that's a clean, yeah. that's a bleaching sitch. Because their theory, and I've gone into detail with them, mm-hmm. is there's no smearing. There's no crazy like excessiveness. No dingles. There's no dingles and okay. dingles. You're just, um, you're getting everything to the center. And once it's in the center, boom, bop. And then it's just... <laughs> exactly <I> do <laughs> and you're done and you're done so to me logistically and like as far as efficiency is concerned yeah it makes a lot of sense you getting choked up talking about butthole wiping 
<laughs> it's just beautiful. And TED Talks will not return my calls, but I'm going to keep trying until they acknowledge me and what I want to talk about on TED. Well, we don't have to go on about it. I was just surprised to learn that, one, that there are people who actually would go in from the front because that seems like extra work. And two, that, um, yeah, there's anyone who would even go from the back and go the wrong way. Also, I did learn, looking it up, that there was a proctologist interviewed on an article that's called How to Wipe Your Butt hmm. that you should pat instead of wipe supposedly and Bullshit. also use a bidet if you can obviously bidet yes yeah. uh wipes love a wipe mm -hmm. padding gro no yeah if you do Gross. what i do it's like you take the you take the paper and you wrap it around like it's a little you know like a little mummy bandage around your fingers oh okay you can do that i, I you didn't know, know that depending on how many plies well then you can kind of measure the thickness of it got it you can see you know what your what your situation is going to be and then you go in and you can just just like a little powder puff like pat 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 <laughs> That's that's and then and then your butthole and then you won't get anal fissures. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to know what <laughs> kind of toilet paper people use. I don't need to know your wipe strategy, but I am always looking for something nice for the bum. Brand recognition. Brand recognition. Okay. Because, you know, um, I've been a Scots guy forever because it's 69 cents a roll. Well, but don't, that and, isn't good for your bum. No. So, that's like but septic also, safe, but not safe for anything else. Exactly. But also like two-ply, mm. like something luscious and charming, it, it, it runs out way too quickly, is too expensive, and uh -huh. it clogs the old pipes that all LA apartments still use to this day. Uh, like, you know what I mean? So uh -huh. I'm really looking for something that is soft and nice, but also won't clog and um, run out fast. I'm getting you a tushy. A tushy? Yeah. What's that? The bidet. Oh, I would love one. Okay. I would love one. Next occasion that I have to give you a gift, I think I'm going to save up and get you occasion, a Occasion? I have a broken toilet seat, Mary Jane. I can't think of a more important <laughs> occasion than my snapped seat that it currently exists. Dude, that's why your shoulder's fucked up. <laughs> it's your poop strategy. We just fixed it. If you didn't poop like an absolute fucking maniac all canted over to one side, you wouldn't be then like fucking compensating with your shoulder. Your shoulder's broken because you poop weird. Good Lord. We don't need the medical system to be fixed. I can't wait for the orthopedist to look at my MRI and oh, be you're, like... You're just pooping weird, bro. <laughs> Stop leaning. Also, you might be lactose intolerant. Just yeah. cut, cut cheese out of your diet and your shoulder will be fine. Oh, cut to four months from now. No surgery. Feeling great. Yeah. Tip top. Yep. <laughs> no muscle relaxers. Just all good. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, uh, this is a bit of a longie, but I, I've had a great time. It's time to get to our buds of the week. You yeah. want to go first or second? I want to go first because you're making me laugh so much. Okay. <laughs> Holy smokes. My bud of the week this week, Taylor Murphy at Taylor Murph 2. Taylor T-A-Y-L-O-R-M-R-P-H-2. Uh, just a hippie soul living my best life. Ah, such good, good vibes. An awesome Instagram account and sent us a little DM where it was like, you know, how last episode I was talking about, I should be tipped for everything. Yes. And he, he sent a little graphic of uh, somebody holding their phone that says, leave a tip. And uh, when Mike <laughs> holds the door open for people, which made me cackle out loud. Just the very idea of being like, you're welcome. And uh, 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 yep. maybe a little 15%. Maybe a little 15%. Just here's my Vimo QR code. Thank you so much. <laughs> so <laughs> Taylor, awesome. thank you so much. And you're my butt of the week. Freaking awesome. My bit of the week is the Women's Reproductive Rights Assistant Project, also known as RAP, W-R-R-A-P. They're at RAP 
Repro Justice on IG, and they are a nonprofit organization that is funding people in all 50 states unable to pay for abortions or emergency contraceptions. 25% of all the t-shirts that we made for It's the Mail for Me will be going to wrap. And um, it's a great follow if you just want to keep up with what's going on around the country as all of these uh, state legislatures attempt to take away our right to choose. At the, It's the Mail for Me. Uh, for sandwiches, yep. And these guys are uh, wrap. Uh, we'll put, them, put it on the links. Fucking big deal shit. And you broke 4K. Yes. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Followers on the, on the account are yeah popping all the time. And, um, it's just really cool. If you, if you are, you know, hanging out with those sandwiches and you're sharing and, and, um, engaging with them, thank you so much because it's helping me, uh, grow way faster than I thought was possible. And it feels really cool. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep at it. I'm just going to keep doing it. Good. Thanks. By the end of this year, Padma Lakshmi making a sandwich with you wow. on Instagram. Dream. Talking about things that matter. Put it in the air. Put it in the air, baby. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and coming up next week, we should talk about uh, ju being judges, cannabis judges. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. we are judges for the High Times Cannabis Cup SoCal. And we'll put that in the link as well. If you are in SoCal and you want to order your own judges kit, that's how they're doing it nowadays. Kits available for purchase. And we'll put it in the show I'm notes. judging Indica and there's like 25 Indica entries. Wow. So awesome. I'm pretty stoked to try 25, uh, 25 different strains of indica flower and see uh which one you know yeah. makes me hit it's cool to have a little notebook and you know judge all of the all of the different categories because it's not just like how high does this get me it's a bunch of other stuff too i'm gonna judge sativas yeah will it help me beat level six thousand in candy crush i've been stuck for three days now oh no know what i'm saying yeah and i'm, I'm that's not... why you're, that's probably and also I... why your toilet's broken <laughs> <laughs> oh because i keep falling <laughs> well yeah my right side falls asleep <laughs> all my muscles Get cold. It's just candy crush and weird <laughs> poop habits. <laughs> <laughs> this oh my is, god! This is a uh, healthcare at work, folks. Yo, <laughs> follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Email us at wg at weedandgrub dot com. Uh, follow Mike at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. Follow me at this is Mary Jane underscore or at it's the Mayo for me. Check out our Twitch live stream. Thanks to producer Mark here at Petty Cash Studios uh, every week. We've got uh, YouTube at Weed and Grub. We've got uh, TikTok at Mike and Mary Jane. We are trying to be all over the place and grow and get into more ears and get nominated for things. And, you know, it all helps us just um, keep doing this because we can't do it without um, support and getting, getting more ears on our voices. Ears on our voices. <laughs> I ran out of steam. <laughs> it's doing well for a minute. <laughs> then I just glazed the fuck over and... Uh, <sighs> Hand me that later, will you? You got it. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>